I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is just a conversation. We're going to talk about some things that we have customers come in every day asking about, and it's necessary uh, for many reasons, and that is appraisals. Appraisals, I know it. So uh, why don't you clarify for us, David, the different... Um, people are confused about what uh, appraisals really meant. Why don't you clarify what all the different kind of appraisals mean? The, an appraisal is the determination of a value within a given market of a of an item, it's just in a very of an simple... Item. And we're talking about jewelry right now. Yes. So uh, when you say a different market, now there's many different markets. That's correct. Uh, when people come in and wanting an appraisal from us, we have to clarify, is this for insurance? Is it for uh, for sale? If they're they're thinking that they need an actual appraisal to sell it, and they're thinking also if it is for an estate. Those are the three basic ones, correct? Correct. And for the most part, when a customer comes in, a private individual comes in, they have no idea of exactly who to go to to get that appraisal, and primarily you need to go to someone that has the experience and education within the appraisal uh, industry, within the industry itself. Yes. Because to clarify, I think what you're saying is that just because somebody is a gemologist, gemologist meaning they went to school to learn about gems, does not really uh, um, validate them to be an actual appraiser. Gemology school teaches someone how to grade diamonds and identify gemstones. But whereas an appraiser uh, may not grade stones per se, but they do have a working knowledge of their values they approximately. Have a, they have a knowledge of the science of appraisal. There you go. It's a different thing. Correct. So when somebody comes into my store and uh, we ask them about appraisals, quite often they'll have a diamond and it might have what they may call a certificate, but in reality, it's, it's actually a report because nothing is certified. That's really actually a misconstrued, uh, uh, misused word in our industry. Even our industry calls it certificates and certs, and but, but it's really a report. And the reason why it's a report, let's clarify that too. Why would you call it a report versus a cert? A report in that it reports exactly what it is that the grader's looking at. They're in giving a weight, a color, a clarity according to typically Gemological Institute of America grading standards and also measurements and most of the measurements are done by laser today. But when somebody certifies something, what are they basically doing? They're standing behind something that it is uh, like a, you buy a car that's been certified. Right. So nobody really gives certificates when they do appraisals. That's they correct. do it, Even an appraisal is really a report. Uh, and it's done by a uh, gemologist or somebody who is certified to do that. Yes. Okay. Um, now, what is confusing are the value amounts of those three different market conditions, uh, being that it's um, for insurance replacement, it's for purchase, or it's for an estate. So why don't you clarify the difference of a diamond? Let's let's throw something out there. A one carat diamond engagement ring that of a color G and a clarity SI. I'm just kind of throwing it out there and we don't even have any our, of our numbers to back us up 100%. But for instance, in a simple solitaire. Well, you determine the market f for that the value 
of that particular item. So that within, for example, you're in the Houston market, there's a market price for what that one carat diamond will sell for, for the color and clarity that you mentioned. So you're saying that it would also vary from state to state too, correct? It'll vary from state to state and even within locales in a given city. Correct. There are right, some well people good. that are much more competitive on a retail replacement new simply because of competition and maybe they're in an office building or have a lower cost of doing business than, say, a mall store where their rent's significantly higher. But basically, when you do an appraisal, you you do an average of all of those, correct? That's, that's, that's correct. So it's going to be an average of where you could buy that same one carat in a mall store or in an independent store or in a chain store. Right. The only circumstance where you're not using an average is if you have a trademarked gemstone uh, or a, say a Tiffany diamond, for example. Um, that Tiffany diamond is replaced with a Tiffany diamond, so it has a very specific value. So it's going to have its own value, Correct. which is appraiser has to know the difference. That's right. So, so like you use some tools to determine some of those, um, those numbers. There's different um, places where... Uh, wholesalers or retailers actually buy their diamonds from. So uh, quite often there is a, uh, a paper that, that most people are getting to know. It's called a Rappaport. So a, a, um, it's a Rappaport. Martin Rappaport puts together a basically a, a, a wholesale pricing sheet that within the wholesale industry we use to uh, price diamonds at for us to buy, and then we make a really, believe it or not, much smaller percentage, speaking from a retailer, um, than what people realize, and we resell it for that small amount. But you use that in your appraising, correct? Correct, because what I've done is I've gone around and I've spoken to a number of different retailers within the Houston market, for example, and found out what their markups typically are for a given size range and quality of stone. And it's a very, very competitive market. Yes, it is. So people don't realize how competitive it is. So it's going to have probably a value that is going to be equal so that somebody comes in, they had lost their stone, and they need to replace it. The appraisal that you're going to give is going to be within a parameter that will allow them to replace that stone for the amount that it was priced for, correct? Correct. It was a retail replacement new. Okay, good. Let's talk about estate appraisals. Tell us a little bit about how you would go about valuing an estate appraisal. Well, estate of value is determined by uh, a given ruling in Texas. For example, it's called fair market value. Willing buyer, willing seller, uh, both being aware of all the facts, neither being under duress, and they come to an agreement on a price. That's a fair market value. And so to determine that price, we have to be aware of transactions that have been taken place within the market area. So that takes a lot of research and to put together a compilation of the different values. So basically, that value is going to be a substantially less than a replacement value, correct? That's correct. A retail replacement new is an absolute bank and do piece that, that is uh, being offered a for replacement, whereas an estate piece is typically beat up, shank could be cracked, it's, it's got a, could have a number of defects to it, 
And so that uh, those all lower the value of that piece. It may be an old European cut, maybe an old mine cut stone. So considerations on th what would the value be if that gemstone were to be recut. So there's a lot of things to be considered. But, you know, to me, the most important thing is you get a customer that will come in and they're upset because they don't understand how someone can value a piece so low. And when in reality, they were never explained by the person that did the appraisal, what market it was appraised at in the first place. And that creates a lot of confusion and a lot of problems, typically d done by someone who's practicing the art of appraisal rather than science of appraisal. You'll find that gemologists practice the art of appraisal. They have no scientific training into the determination of values based to determine those appraised values. Well, what I also explain, too, to my customers is that a fair market value is, well, a replacement value is about a, a customer willing to come in, wanting to buy something new, and I have buy a, a piece of a stone uh, at a certain price. I have a certain markup. They're willing to pay for it. I stand behind it, so that's going to be a retail value. In a reverse uh, scenario where you have fair market value, generally you don't have... Uh, a jeweler selling something at a fair market value, it's usually a consumer that maybe inherited uh, uh, their parents' jewelry or family jewelry, and they don't know where to sell it. And they don't, they're not going to sell it to a consumer like you or I, or stand behind it, polish it, know even know what they have, and, and take the time to display it for sometimes months, sometimes years in our cases before we find the right buyer. So in that case, they're going to want to sell it relatively quickly. Therefore, the value is going to be less, which is going to be considered the fair market value. Is that an easier way to maybe understand why there's such a big gap between the two? But the definition, according to the state of Texas and the IRS, is that it's sold between two individuals, both being aware of all the facts, neither being under compulsion to act. There you go. And that's perfect because in reality, if, if a, an individual inherits something and they want to sell it to another individual... The, that same circumstance is going to happen. That's correct, yes. Okay, so we have the third value, which is going to be a buy-sell. So basically almost a fair market value, but a buy-sell. So in other words, an appraisal, when someone says, I want an appraisal because they want to sell it, they really are not looking for an appraisal for color and clarity. It's up to the individual jeweler, uh, like myself, that when someone brings me a piece of uh, a jewelry, diamond, ruby, whatever, gold, that I will take in consideration whether that is remarketable where I can sell it for a, a certain amount and maybe give them possibly a little bit more for a piece that's already completed. Or if I know I have to tear it all apart because it's not a marketable item anymore, it's worn out, I'm obviously going to give them a little bit less. Yes, and as your staff tells people every day that they can, the Amber's Designs can provide a, an offer to buy or an appraisal, but cannot do both. Right, exactly. Because that creates a perception of impropriety. It, it does, which absolutely. You don't need or want. And we don't charge for doing a, a um, giving somebody a, a, an, an offer, offer to buy. Absolutely, because they that's I'm going to give them an offer. So there's no reason reason to charge anything. If it's an appraisal for insurance, uh, which has got grave detail, it has cut color clarity, carat weight. Uh, uh, of all things, watches, rings, necklaces, and I want to I want to uh, back this up. Uh, your experience in the industry is by far h highly rated because 
not only are you a GG, a graduate gemologist from GIA, but you trained under some of the uh, people that started G, G, uh, GIA. The people that were some of the original developers of the gemology in, in the world. And then also in the appraisal theory, some of the people that really put together appraisal theory through International Society of Appraisers, uh, National Association of Jewelry Appraisers. Which you're members yes. of, correct. Yeah. yeah. But the one, one thing that uh, I want to point out to everybody is we also have trusts that they contact us. So, you know, typically it's a bank that has a trust set up and there are s some pretty magnificent pieces of jewelry that are tied up in trusts that need to have values established from time to time. And we had one a trust not too long ago that came to us through your store that um, you asked if I would go to the bank with you to. It was a big, <laughs> we had to actually go into the bank, bring our, we bring our Jamal, your, your scopes and testers and lights. in lights and cameras and all this stuff. It was a, cause it w they did not even want it to leave the, the bank vault. It was a quite a, an, an interesting uh, trust that we went through, but yeah, we get calls from everything, but generally for the most part, we, they can bring their jewelry into the store. That's right. And with COVID, when we are not doing face-to-face -face, uh, appraisals at the moment, but you can leave it, get a receipt just like everybody else. And you can get a, a, a written appraisal that has got a, a, a proper, anybody, if it's not even through us, if to do it properly, they have to have photos, uh, uh, detailed descriptions, weights, and... Um, and uh, retail replacement values and insurance companies they need those in order to get insurance we've also had uh, police departments law enforcement yeah, we have a little people everything come to us and they bring jewelry that they're just simply looking to identify i've actually gone to the police department mm -hmm. to have to help them identify and and uh, you've even had to testify sometimes in cases yes uh, correct uh, so it's been uh, in U U.S. Marshals. You've worked with all kinds of uh, uh, entities. So having somebody that really knows what they're doing and appraising. So we hope that this actually helps you uh, that are listening uh, understand the differences between appraisals and what it, the word appraisal and what it really does and it does for you. But it is very important to be sure that even if you don't insure your jewelry, it's great to have an appraisal so you know what you have. Because people are quite often surprised that they didn't think something had as much value as it actually does. Absolutely. I'm David Baker. And I'm Amber Gustafson. And this is Just a Conversation.